welcome to The Straw Hat with Rabbi David Wolkenfeld and Rabbinate Goldie Guy. We are the official podcast of Anshe Shalom B'nai Israel Congregation, an Orthodox synagogue in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. We are recording this podcast on Monday morning. Uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, is the beginning of Masechet Megillah in Dafyomi. It's uh, another short and sweet Masechet. Uh, <laughs> you start this week, you will finish Masechet Megillah in plenty of time for Purim. You could actually do like a, like a, I don't know, like a, you could do a much slower pace than Dafyomi and still finish Masechet Megillah in time for Purim because <laughs> uh, we have that extra month this year. Uh, but um, I don't know, I, I've never actually learned through all of Masechet Megillah. I've learned oh, like... that was the first Masechet that I ever learned through. <laughs> it's a very common first yeah. Masechet. was not that for there me. There was a YU Bikiyas uh, competition and I took exams <laughs> on each section that I learned. And it Sarah was, taught... Uh, it was very cool. Sarah, Sarah taught that, that, that um, high school curriculum. That's cool. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how'd you do? I did okay. I did okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I did very so. Let, so, but I, you know, it has some great, um, like very relatable, great content in Masecha Megillah. It has um, parshanut, uh, like commentary, midrashim, elaboration of the story of um, Megillah Esther. So it's like mm-hmm. a great source for understanding the Purim story. Uh, it has the. I guess all or most of the relevant halachot for observing Purim and the mitzvot mm-hmm. of Purim are are there in Masechet Megillah, mm-hmm. uh, the four M's as we call them in, in our shul uh, Purim guide, right? The uh, Mikra Megillah and hearing the Megillah in the evening and in the morning and Mishlach Manot, giving gifts of food on Purim day and Matanot Levyonim, giving gifts to the poor on Purim day and the meal is the fourth M. Uh, <laughs> you mean Mishta. Right. Oh, that's okay. better. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> a, right. Okay. Having a meal. Uh, we should probably update that. That's true. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, so that's all the details, how to do it and whatever that that's there in Masech um, and Megillah as well. And there are some other, oh, and the other, and also... Hilchot um, Beit Knesset. yeah. Uh, like what, like selling a synagogue and, and when you can and when you can't and selling other sacred items like a parochet, a mm-hmm. Torah, you know, Arc curtain and things like that, um, mm-hmm. selling Sifre Torah and how and when, right? Leading tefillah, the Kohanim, Birkat Kohanim, the priestly blessing. And also, um, like the laning cycle is, is mm-hmm. discussed, right? I don't, not really discussed. A little bit, I guess, we saw in Masechet Ta'anit. Mm-hmm. So, like, they saw, like, one of the details, like, you're not allowed to have any aliyah, can't be less than three psukim. So that we saw already in Masechet Ta'anit, but, like, really, mm-hmm. like, as a side point. And, this 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 part of the second week I did read I did learn uh, it goes through like like the lading and some of the rules for Kriya Satura and how that works in the second week laws of synagogue also this is kind of relevant for our shul you're not allowed to use a synagogue as a um, shortcut yes I think about that all the time because I'm also going in and out to the playroom and organizing and I sometimes the shul is empty and I make sure when I'm passing through if I choose to, to pass through the shul, I say a pasuk or I... Right, so that's just a lot. So using the synagogue as a shortcut would be I'm going from, let's say, the lobby at Anshay Shalom or the office at Anshay Shalom to the playroom. So the shortest way to do that is to walk through the sanctuary, but that's mm-hmm. a holy place. And to walk through the sanctuary just to get to someplace else, like the playroom, that would be like the classic example, I think, of, of using the synagogue as so a this shortcut. happens to me every week. <laughs> It happens to me frequently as well. If I'm going, if I want to get to the, if it's raining and I want to get to the parking lot, so yeah. the easiest way to do that is to go through the shul. Even the going through the Beit Midrash, if I come in through the side door to get to my office, I mm-hmm. pass through the Beit Midrash, that would be using a Beit Midrash as a, as a shortcut, which, you know, is a 
Yeah. You know, which before COVID was, yeah. was, 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 a, was a prayer space. We yes. used to have in here too. Uh, and, and so the way out of it, the way, the way out of it, the way to, <laughs> that's not the right way. So way to sanctify your passage through this holy space. Very well said <laughs> is to recite one way to do that is to recite a verse. So I'm not walking through the Beit Midrash just to get to my office from the side door or from my office to the side door to, to leave and go to the parking lot. I am, um, in, when I'm in the Beit Midrash or I'm in the synagogue, we say some, recite some verse from scripture so that it's like I'm using it for its, for its real purpose mm-hmm. uh, as I pass through. Yeah. Uh, I think our, our synagogue was not to be designed with this in mind, but uh, I, no. <laughs> but I encourage, I encourage, yeah. But it helps me remember this halacha every time I pass through it. Beautiful. That, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You can also, this is like, it's like the, uh, this is the flip side of, um, you know, there's the joke of like somebody's in a bathhouse and says, you know, you're not, it's actually, I think it's, in, it's actually not a joke. It's in the, the story's in the Talmud, right? You know, someone's in the bathhouse and he says, oh, you, you know, you're not allowed to, to say words of Torah in a bathhouse. And he says, how can you say that? You're not allowed to say words of Torah in a bathhouse, right? Because even saying that you're not allowed to say, get it, right? Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so, a joke. yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's a joke. I, I think it's one of the like five examples of, at least five examples of Talmudic humor. <laughs> I think that's one of them. Uh, so you can tell, you can go up to say if somebody, I, this is like, maybe it's like dad humor. I tell my kids, like, you know, you're not allowed to use a shul as a shortcut. Mm. So you have to, like, learn some halacha when you're passing through the shul, mm. such as the fact that you're not allowed to learn, you know, you, you use, use a shul as a shortcut. So yeah. now, now you know my... It's the worst intersection of rabbi humor and dad humor. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, you can all, our listeners can pity my children that <laughs> they have to put up with what they... At least one of them usually usually laughs. I, 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 they'll remember. That's the thing is they'll remember that halacha now forever. So you're doing good. And now all of you will as well. Okay, yes. you can go up to your friends and uh, or child or whatever and say, you know, you're not allowed to use a synagogue as a shortcut. When you're picking up your kid from babysitting, picking your kid from the babysitting right? room. You're yeah. passing through the back of the synagogue, going to the babysitting room. Well, if you're, in, if you're in the synagogue davening in, in, and you leave to go different. right now, but if you walk right, right, if you're walking through from the lobby to the, the babysitting baby, room, correct. Correct. If somebody wants to donate a substantial amount of money, we can renovate the building and have a hallway in the back of the shul. And then you could walk from the lobby to the babysitting room and mm. use the restroom without having to pass through the shul. And then you could... Forget you know, this halacha. Well, it would be, you know, yeah, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> many, many, many advantages, but you also wouldn't, you know, you would have less reason to use the shul yes. as a shortcut. So this is lots of fun things from Second Megillah. Um, a lot of practical things. Practical. Plus a lot of a got it to throw in a lot of stories and fun stuff. It's, a, it's 10 out of 10 would recommend Masechet. <laughs> it's a ten, great Masechet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. This is like a, just a great time for Daf- Like, I mean, the thing with Daf Yomi, like, I mean. It's the golden age. Yeah, Daf- yeah. It's like a golden age of Daf Yeah, I feel so, I pity people who are like not taking advantage. You could be learning like just great, great content. And there are so many, you know, you like so many recorded asynchronous um, shirim you could listen to, podcast format or whatever streaming yeah. format, and as well as live shirim throughout the day that you could join in, including our, you know, the one that. We convene it, you know, uh, on Zoom at 5.45, which is a wonderful time for Torah study. Uh, you, you feel like, like by, by 6.15 in the morning, you, you feel like you've accomplished so much, okay? <laughs> okay. If you need podcast recommendations, we've got them. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, right, exactly. They're great, like, podcast format. If, you, if, if 5.45 is not an ideal time for you to learn the DAF, there are so many amazing, popular Recorded, uh, which is what it, like, we've talked about this before. But Hadron. What it, Hadron is a great one. Wonderful. Rabbi Michelle Farber um, has... 
is she still recording live or because she, she's done it like two cycles or something like is she like she records every week they upload it's a i subscribe to her stream she she's, so she's still teaching and recording new classes even though she's gone through the cycle so. before that kind that's great she's she's like a, that's like a very popular um dafyomi podcast rabbi elephant has one of the ou's um dafyomi but there was a uh, a man who's a member of our show, uh, Jack Goldman, Shalom, who learned Dafyomi with Rabbi Elephant's uh, um, like podcast or whatever, or stream it or whatever. And he, I remember he told me like I, I, he would learn with like a art school Gemara, and then he would, but he would be sure to listen to Rabbi. I, I haven't learned the Daf until I've <laughs> heard Rabbi Elephant. And, I, and then I, I met Rabbi, I, I met Rabbi Elephant at at a um, at like a conference, and I said like you have. You know, you have, one of your Talmudim lives in our lives in our community, and you should know that he like really cares. It meant a lot to him to know that. And there, Rabbi H. Shalom in California. Yeah, like, H. Shalom is wonderful. Very yeah, fast. Very fast. So if you don't have a lot of time, uh, it's like a short dafshir, like very like no extra, no extraneous information, but like very like just to the point. I mean, my fa- my my father and my brother learn with uh, Rabbi Weiss in Staten Island, and he has everything on TorahAnytime.com, and he also Facebook Lives he streams great. it. It's great. Okay, that's the one I learned when I was in high school too. Very nice. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. So it's a golden age for Dafyam, okay? Um, Megillah, and then Chagiga, and then we got some other good stuff coming, and, and then you'll, then, you know, that'll fortify you for the less um, obviously um, exciting Masechdot <laughs> and topics. I am in the middle of teaching a two part series for the Wednesday night, Beit Midrash Wednesday um, slot uh, on Judaism and peacemaking. This was a class that I taught in a, I guess I felt rushed in superficial way on Shavuot. I was like, oh, this is like shouldn't be like one class that's forty five minutes. This should be two classes that are an hour, and I could like really like mm. you know develop the ideas more. So last week's class, which is currently like the, you can see the recording the vid, um, on the Shul's YouTube channel, was just re- a look at the like classic land for peace um, halachic debate and religious debate from the. Um, like 80s and 90s, and uh, sort of presenting those sources, and uh, I guess, and then we're going to pick up this week with sort of why, what was sort of <laughs> problematic or what didn't work about that dynamic, and what resources nonetheless exist in Judaism and in halachic literature, in Jewish other Torah literature that can be a resource for peacemaking. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I think religion has to be part of any solution, and uh, uh, I think there's tremendous resources in Judaism for uh, creative and like faith-based peacemaking efforts, and I'm excited to to share. So I, I just want to encourage people to, you know, I don't know. It was very, I, and it was worth it to me to like to like think about these things and to and to um, put together the sources and to organize my own thinking about these topics. So mm. I, I guess I feel I already um, got enough out of it, but like, like, but you know, whatever, like I went through this effort. You might as, you might as well come and, and, and maybe you learn something too and also find something valuable. So I want to encourage people to, to join us on Wednesday. And if you're unable to make it live, like, you know, the record, but like it's, it's show it's, it's much, it is, it is um, added excitement when people can join live because then you can ask questions and it's, it's uh, all about the conversation. That the conversation. I think people's questions elicit like, I don't know. Like, wait. Somebody asks a question, then you like it. it you realize something about yeah. your own material that you wasn't quite clear enough even to you before the question was asked. Yes. So please come. Okay. <laughs> so this week's parsha happens to be my bat mitzvah parsha. Mazalta. Thank you. It's not my birthday yet, and I also did not lane it, but I still feel connected to this week's parsha, Parshat Vayechi. Um, and a topic that comes up in Parshat Vayechi is uh, Yaakov 
giving his kind of personal ethical mandates to each of his children as he sees them um, and the way that he wants them to live their lives once he's gone. Um, and so that's a, a topic that I often think about when Parshat Vayechi rolls around, um, is the Torah of ethical wills, of not only thinking about what material possessions will be apportioned to your descendants or your family members or friends, but thinking about what will be your legacy of values, what you care about in the world, what do you want to convey to people, to your loved ones, um, to have with them after you're gone? Um, what do you think was most important in life? I don't know if you've ever um, tried to compose an ethical will. Uh, I've not, no. Yeah. Is it something you've done? Yeah, I've run. I mean, I've participated in workshops wow. in my context of my, <laughs> I of my work as in my work as a chaplain uh, intern. I did this and I uh, ran some workshops as well. You know, using we have a book here in the synagogue library um, that I've uh, drawn upon for not not in this current iteration. I've used it in other places in New York, um, but there have been the Jewish tradition has a longstanding. Um, tradition of uh, people writing ethical will. So there are a lot of examples out there. And it's really interesting to like read people's reflections on what's important to them in life and their different life circumstances and how things change and also don't change. Or So the, that's, so the book in the library is co-written by Rabbi Stamfer, who was a member of the shul and a, you know, a very important you know, scholar and, and, uh, and very wise and respected person. He um, was... He suffered a traumatic brain injury before I moved here, so I never met him mm. in you know as some he was never able to communicate you know to speak you know when, when I since I moved here. But uh, people who loved him have like just very warm memories uh, of him, and this was a topic that he researched and wrote about. Uh, I know like the Ramban wrote a famous like right yeah Yigarda Ramban yeah so like that's right like... so I used to I used to recite that every day. Oh, wow. I was very into this like kind of mystery like what do people actually know about living their lives. What do they want to tell me across generations or yeah. even amongst my friends and family, uh, collecting that, that wisdom that people. So, so just like, what's like the, I don't know, like the, the, uh, <laughs> you know, executive summary of like, oh, who should write, a, who should write a, um, who should write an ethical will. Yeah, I think like, it's an interesting exercise for anyone. Like even point. someone who, I, I don't have, someone who doesn't have children. Be, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Why not? Who are you writing it for? Like, who's it, who's it, who's going to read it? Like, for the world. For the what, that, that book that we have a collection of, you know, ethical yeah. wills, Who's reading? You know, I read it, and I didn't know any of those people, and they didn't know they were. There are people who are, you know, fighters in the Palmach who like wrote wow. uh, their their kind of. It's kind of like leaving a last will and testament, and it sounds it sounds morbid, I guess, for a lot of people, right? Should I only write this on my deathbed? Am I like Yaakov, you know, knowing I'm about to die? And that's the, the point at which I know I've uh, kind of uh, gathered together all my wisdom, and I know exactly what I want to say. And I, I I don't think that's necessarily true. I that, I don't think it's. I, I think it's important for anyone to reflect on what's so, important so the, to them. So, so the the writer himself or herself, it, it's for their benefit also, right? Because yeah, then you, you clarify what's most important about you absolutely. to you in that in that writing exercise. Absolutely, and I think it's an interesting reflective exercise in any at any point in life. And then you look back at where I was, you know, a year ago, mm -hmm. and think, wow, my values have changed, or no, this has been important to me throughout, or mm -hmm. over the course of time. Wow, what's really important to me. Um, 
Yeah, so it's for anyone. I know it can. That's what I wanted to kind of like. Uh, and just tackles. Take what do you, away like, the stigma. Like, what from do you it, like? Not, like if it just saves in your computer. No, like, what, if it saves in your computer, who's going to find it? Like you have to like. That's you have to, so interesting. You have to print it out and leave it somewhere. I don't know. Like I don't know. how did people find? I don't know. So we have to read the book to see okay. how people. Well, found I know in the olden days, they just I don't know. You put something in your desk drawer. I don't know. I feel and like then they, someone finds it. Yeah, there's so much like, stuff in our desk drawers now. Okay, have you seen the file cabinet in my office? I've not. Well, I have, and there's a lot of stuff. No, it's interesting. I think. I think these are important conversations to have in general, right? And not to be afraid of talking about what's important to you in a way that's kind of grander than you think because, hey, I'm not, you know, actively thinking. Yeah, and that's true also not just in the values plane. It's also true in a much, in a very tachlis, um like a halachic plane of what we want to happen when we are about to die and when that's we die. True. And that's, you know, this Prashat Vayechi the, the, uh, is, is, a, is a Shabbat that the National Association of Hevra Kadishas, yes. uh, who are the people responsible for preparing <laughs> Jewish bodies for Jewish burials, they encourage um, congregations to devote like some time on Parshat Vayechi or the weekend of Parshat Vayechi yeah. to like to making sure that we've like talked to our families and re- and signed you know documents indicating that you know in yes. end of life medical decisions we want to be made in accordance with. Um, Jewish values and Jewish law, and and here's the rabbi. I want to be like consulted, you Absolutely. know, about these types of questions, and um, and and this is how I want, and I want Jewish values and Jewish law to govern my burial, and I and I sign this, and 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 signing it is important, but like it doesn't help if you if your family doesn't know that you've signed that's it, you have it, they don't know that it exists, right? So so that that's the, again, that the, you know, the conversation yeah. is so important, uh, and I, I've um, it, it's so. Um, I, I can speak from like professional experience as well as from personal experience that when um, in, under tragic circumstances or whatever, it's circumstance of a loss or, or a, some or a, under tragic circumstances, it, it's so much easier when the intention of the you know of the dying or dead person is known, and exactly. it's so much harder for the family and friends when the intentions yes. are not known or yes. can't be determined. And yes. uh, such such needless suffering I've seen right. when that's also, you know, right? you know that's a legacy to leave of saying I, I thought about this because I wanted to alleviate you know I wanted to make this time of transition and loss as easy as possible for for my loved ones. Right, it's not only thinking about you; it's thinking about them and their future. Yeah, it's a gift to them because, and and it's it's yourself because you have like a you have values that you've lived your whole life, you know, yeah. in a Jewish way, and and you you prioritized a mitzvot and and uh, and being part of a Jewish community. Like you 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 would deserve to have your um, final moments and and your um, and be laid to rest. You know, I mean that's. That's also that's a like it was really important to Yaakov, Absolutely. right? That he be buried and, and and Yosef too. It's like a you know. and yet he was right, you know, bound and like he was. You, there were some burial practices from Egypt that were used on, yeah, on him, and that's it's really yeah, right. We we know that he was taken to Eretz Israel, but I wonder what he would have thought had he know had he thought to bring it up with Yosef of. Don't follow these funerary oh, practices. Right. He, he, only or, men, right. he only mentioned uh, bury me in, in 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 Israel. He didn't also say. And, and, I wonder if that and conversation s- happened. Skip the skip the uh, um, like well, bombing. Right? You know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so that's an, that's a story that comes up in this week's parsha. It comes up in the Talmud also, where um, I think it's with uh, with Rebbe, where he says uh, to his sons. I know there's a... Which is telling the story. I, I, with, where, about. He's, where he declares to... So, so uh, Rabbi Wendy Amslam has a whole series on this, on the, the deaths of prominent rabbis. And oh, the, that's cool. Right, it's really cool. What a great series. Um, it is really, really cool. There's so many great stories in the Gemara about yes. the deaths of these... Yes, 
Chazal. That's a great. Yes. <laughs> She's a wonderful teacher. Yeah, that I know. Uh, <laughs> that I knew already, but it's a great yes, idea for a class. Okay. <laughs> right, and what? And there are ethical wills that are that yeah, are kind yeah, of yeah. Um, weaved throughout. And there's yeah. one rabbi that says, "Hishamru bichlodim Right, make sure to take care of your mother. Right, like I'm go- not going to be here. Yeah. This is the standard of living that she needs in order mm. to maintain her comfort into old mm, age, mm, in order mm. to maintain her dignity. Please, right. Make sure that the bed is made. Make sure there are candles. Like, there's a lamp lit. There's it's well lit in the house, and you have beautiful, right? So there's this. People throughout time have been thinking about their own deaths and how how it'll impact their families and what legacy they want to leave. And that's uh, something that Parshat Vayechi has us thinking about, and it's important to this day. 